trip. Uh, and then uh, we went to York. That's not far to get some carpet squares. And then Terrence and I took a trip to Duncan, not donuts, to uh, South Carolina to get some chairs. And uh, it's just been nuts, but it's okay. It's all worth it. And uh, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. I'm excited about how the Lord is moving. And I thank God for His presence, His mercy, and His grace, and His strength. This morning, out of uh, Mark chapter 2, familiar passage of Scripture, and I'm sure you've heard thousands of messages on it, and, and uh, that's okay. You can hear a thousand and one. But now, and more than ever, we can't stop. We won't stop. Um, in a week span, in North Carolina, we've had a hurricane, and now an earthquake, apparently. And, uh, you know, people can say and do and read into all that if they want to, but regardless of all of that, times are nuts, and, and people need the Lord. People, people need the Lord. What people? All people, any people, every people. No matter where they're from, no matter what they look, no matter who they are, we all need the Lord. And there comes a point in time in your life where you realize that something, something is there, something more, and, and you just desire that. And when you truly desire that, you will go after with all that's within you and nothing will stop you or slow you down or hinder you. And you're going to go after it. And, 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 and regardless of what comes your way, you understand that those things do come, but I still have to press on. I still have to keep on going. Because there's a greater picture ahead. You know, David could have uh, been afraid of the Philistine. He could have been terrified of Goliath. But he knew there was a cause. And there was something greater than Goliath. So, so we've said it before that we have a desire next to none to see the lost saved and the saved grow. We, we've said that over and over and over. And to see the broken restored, the wounded healed, the... the, the the captive set free, and that de we desire to see the children of God to walk in victory and that abundance that Christ came to give. And in, in today's society, and right now, the, the times seem dark and perilous, and, and I don't know which way to go, and I don't know where to look, and I don't know how or what or where. I don't even know. And I was taken back to an old song that we all know, and... and uh, I felt like I just needed to read the words, and, and I don't really feel like singing this morning so much, but I've walked in the darkness, clouds cover me. I had no idea what, uh, where that way could be. Then came the sunrise and rolled back the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. <laughs> just like a blind man, I wandered alone, worries and fears I claimed for my own. Then like a blind man who God gave back his sight, Praise the Lord, I saw the light. And you've got to be reminded that God did these things in the Word, and He still does them today. And, but what do we do with that? What do we, children of God, the church, what do we do with that? What do we do with the Christ that we say we know, with the Christ that we proclaim as our Savior and our Lord? What are we doing with Him other than just, just saying, I'm saved? Because when Christ gets a hold of your life and you get a hold of Christ, everything in you, about you, and through you will change. And sometimes it comes faster than others because that's how the Holy Spirit works. But the question is not so much, is the church here, but is the church alive and is the church vocal? We're vocal about certain things, but I'm talking about the only thing that's going to save anybody, a vocal about Christ. 
So, so God is good and He'll continue to be good. And I believe that people uh, will come and are coming with a great expectation. There's excitement to be changed and to see Him change others. And we will do whatever it takes. And I can speak for us, Lakeside Church. We, can, we will do whatever it takes to take the gospel to them and to get them to Jesus. Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about whatever it takes. What, what, okay, let me ask this question. The churches, and, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with building up funds, but the churches who have amassed and, and accumulated millions of dollars and they haven't sent an account and they're not opening their doors and they're not doing anything with it, what good is that? To gain the whole world and lose your soul. What good is that? We've came to the conclusion, I've been reminded before, as long as the bills are paid and the lights are on and, and, and we're rolling, then... Praise God. Praise God. We cannot let the, the what if stop the work of God. Well, what if people lose their job? Then God will, God, God will make a way. God will make a way. So Mark 2, 1 through 12, very familiar passage for you guys. But here we go, beginning in verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it, was and it was noise that he was in the house. I could stop right here and preach for three days. <laughs> and straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. They come unto him bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four, and when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, your sins be forgiven you. And I want you, if you underline in your word, whatever, however you do it, I want you to circle that word sins because that's the first and foremost important thing to be addressed. Verse 6, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Let me, when, when, when the Holy Spirit's moving, when the Lord is moving, when Christ is changing lives, the all religious people always want to intercede. They want to interject because they're getting their feelings hurt. But there were certain of scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of palsy, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of palsy, I say unto you, Arise, take up your bed and go your way into your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Can I tell you this morning that anything the Lord does, you ain't never saw it in this fashion. Because when you limit him to how he can work, then you've limited the working and operating of the Holy Spirit. And I want us to leave this place today saying, my God, 
I have never seen it in this fashion. I've been a part of the Pentecostal church since I was, since I could breathe. And I want today, today I want to leave and I want to be able to report to those that I may see or come in contact with. Today, August the whatever this is. What is this? August the 9th, 2020. I never seen it in this fashion. Because when he's in the house, something good is going to happen. If you don't know, if you don't believe, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'll see you later because well, he's getting ready to move. He's getting ready to do some things in some people's lives. And you can walk out of this place saying, my God, Beth, I ain't never seen it in this fashion. I've heard him say it. I've heard him talk about the days of old. But guess what? He's the God of today. And today he's ready to do something on your behalf. And you can leave and say, I ain't never seen it in this fashion. See, there was a noise. Why was there a noise? Because Jesus was in the house. Let's, let's talk about noise for a moment. How much time? I, I got time. The Pentecostal church is good at making noise. But God is so much bigger than noise. The Holy Spirit is so much more than noise. Yeah, we shout, but I know what I'm shouting about. As Brother Larson calls it, we're informed fanatics. I know what I'm screaming about. I, I'm, still, I'm still rooting on my NC State Wolfpack from a National Collegiate Championship in 1983. <laughs> Woo! Reality is, I don't think they'll win another one, but here, Christ wins every day. I'm an informed fanatic, and there's just, but there's more than noise, and, and He don't desire our noise. Can I tell you, He don't even desire your ability. But he, des he does desire your praise. Because when, when whatever noise you have to give is anointed and it's given with a pure heart, it's a sweet melody to his ear. And we know that there are some saints that are canaries and there are some saints that sound like crows. But nonetheless, how whatever noise you make, uh, as long as it's anointed, and it's, it's with a pure heart. It's a beautiful song in his ear. But he was in the house. And when he was in the house, people began to notice that he was there. And they began to talk. And the Bible tells us that there was not so much room even as to get in the door. What a shame today that church houses all across this world, you can get in the door. You can get any seat you want because people don't want to come. Oh, I know there's a virus. I know there's a pandemic or a plandemic or whatever you want to call it. I know all that stuff's going on. But I'm telling you something, that God is still in control and He's still able. Well, brother, you've got to use common sense. My common sense tells me that God is greater. My common sense tells me that I shall not fear no man, that my God is in control. And I'm going to worship. I ain't going to go lick nobody's hands or nothing like that. But I'm saying we've got room to get in the house, but we don't come. I mean, my God, much less are we going to carry somebody up on the roof. We won't even bring them in the car. I'm, I'm not getting your stuff a little bit here this morning. Let me go ahead and just put a notice out. Warning. Whatever, however you want to say that. They said they don't want to come. Well, I ain't going to ask them no more. Keep asking. <laughs> Keep knocking. Keep asking. I, I'd say if I was talking to my kids and <coughs> telling them about my... One of my best friends growing up, Daniel Simons, every Sunday, every single Sunday, from the time we were little kids 
all the way through youth, every single Sunday when they were talking about prayer and prayer requests, he'd say, can y'all remember my daddy that he'll get saved? Every Sunday. We knew it was coming. And every Sunday he would ask, and guess what happened? His daddy got saved. <laughs> what a gentle man he is now. But we keep knocking, we keep knocking. There's room in the house, church. Well, brother, it's just good sitting here watching. Let me, can I tell you reality? I don't believe that the... the and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble here. But we want to think that people are sitting watching and they're in their chair and they got their notebooks out in the family and they're gathered around with highlighters and markers. But they're probably sitting there with their feet propped up with a bag of Doritos and drinking some kind of drink and saying, oh, that was pretty good. Or a Mountain Dew. I have no qualms. No, I understand. But I'm telling you, there's something about being together with like-minded believers and involving yourselves. I'm not, I'm not, I understand, I'm not, if, if, I'm not taking it to that place, but what I'm trying to get home and drive to home is, he's worthy of our attention. So there was, there was, Christ was in the house, you couldn't even get in the door, but sadly, and, and today, you can get wherever you want. And I'm about to, I'm about to, we start at 10.30. And I'm going to leave it right there. We can't get here at 10.30. We can get here at 10.58. But I'm saying, if we're truly, if we're not rushing, if you're not, I know Sundays are crazy. That's when most, that's the best fights happen on Sundays. Husband's breath stinks, the wife's, just everything's crazy. That's the greatest fights. I tell you, that's why we drive separate across the gravel. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because I could find every pothole, if there is, then there are, from there to here. And I would hit every one according to summer. I understand that. But if we'll prepare ourselves on Saturday. Melissa's been making a lot of posts. If we'll prepare ourselves on Saturday to be in the presence of God on Sunday, and we'll begin to set our alarm clocks, if it takes us an hour earlier to get up to, Lord, I'm coming into your presence today. I'm not, I, want, I, want to come, I don't want to rush. I want to come into your presence, and I want to enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. Lord, I'm coming into your presence with an expectation that today I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to leave just like they say, and I ain't never seen it in this fashion. Instead of coming in all frazzled and worried and fussing, and you're trying to drag your kids, and I don't care if they come in pajamas. I, 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 girl, I couldn't tell you one thing that I wore to church. Other than a suit with shoulder pads, because that was evidently the cool thing in the 80s. Just come. Come expecting. Come ready to receive. Come ready to worship and come ready to, to, to give your all to Him. So they were in the house. They couldn't get in the door. They talked to each other. And the people, they wanted to see Jesus. So many came that there wasn't enough room to receive all of them. I told you, I told you several years ago I, when, about dreaming and about seeing, and I still see it, the traffic jam out on Campground Road because there ain't enough room to receive them all coming into the house. 
But they weren't leaving. They were out of their cars worshiping. Maybe they'll be out on the corner of Campground and Pine Ridge and people think we're having a yard sale. We ain't having no yard sale. People out with their hands off and just saying, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. What would happen if we, if we would truly exalt Him? What would happen if we would truly worship Him? What would happen if we didn't come to church just to get our praise on, but we had it on before we got here? Oh my goodness. If you're coming to get your praise on, let me remind you, you should have never taken it off because the Bible tells us to lay down that spirit of heaviness and to put on... To put on the garment of praise. I'm going to, Lynn. You just hold on. I got, I got a lot of notes to get through. I don't, we might just continue this tonight. I don't know. But they couldn't get in the house. They were packed in. They weren't worried about a seat. They weren't worried about a seat. They weren't worried about it. Did, did, did Bartholomew get Josiah's wood, wood block or what? I don't know what they sat on. They weren't worried about where they sat. And I know church people, we're, we're, we're programmed, we're people of, of, of habit and, and we like to sit in certain places. And I'm not saying you guys are that way, but here's what I have prayed. Lord, let somebody sit in somebody's seat. Make them move and Lord, let them just come in and smile and say, Thank you, Jesus. Somebody has taken my place and I'm going to move to somebody else's. So don't be surprised if somebody's in your seat. I'm asking you all next week to sit somewhere different. Lord, let the Red Sea part again. Let us change. I'm sitting on the wall back there in the sound booth. That's where I'm... No, I'm not. I can't. There's stuff there. But they, they couldn't get in. They weren't worried about people getting their seat. And, 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 and we, we shouldn't either. And I would dare say that if Jesus walked into this room, would you worry about your seat? You ought to be standing and saying, God, woo, thank you, Jesus, you're here. That, should we not still be? Oh, thank you, you're here. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if a crowbar could pry some people off their seat. We're, we're in the presence of an almighty God. We're talking about God who said, let there be light. He's, he's here. He's here. And we're, we're what, do we, what do we wait on? I'm waiting on him to move. No, the Bible says to draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. We have a responsibility. So we have to move. So, so they, they, they couldn't get in. And, and, and Christ was in the house. He's in this house. He's in our house. And I hope and pray he's in your house. So, so guess what Jesus was doing in the house? He didn't come to bump fists with, with Thomas and, and everybody else. 
Guess what Jesus was doing? He wasn't discussing if they was going to play hopscotch next Wednesday or if they were going to go get camel treats on Thursday. I don't know what, I don't even know where camel treats just came from. <laughs> camel treats. What in the world is camel treats? Anyway, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're going to have camel treats at our International Food Day. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't get embarrassed much, but I'm going to tell you, that one right there was, wow. Thank God for letting us laugh at ourselves. And I give you plenty of opportunities to do so, so you're welcome. But Jesus wasn't talking about programs or strategies. He wasn't having a planning session with staff trying to figure out what the next new thing could be. He wasn't doing any of that. Look right there, verse 2. Jesus preached the Word. Jesus was preaching the Word. Jesus was the Word. He is the Word. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Why, why, how could He be the God? Because it's the Trinity, He's three in one. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He was and is the Word, but guess what? I, he was preaching the Word. In the presence of God, you've got to know, and I've already said it, something is, got, is about to happen. Hebrews 10 and 22, again, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. How many came with a full assurance this morning of faith? <laughs> Not wondering, God, could you? But Lord, I know you can. Amen. I know you can. Amen. Having our hearts sprinkled from all evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What water? The Holy, talking about the Holy Spirit, representation of the water. We ain't talking about going taking. Uh, please do take a bath, but that ain't, we ain't talking about that. This is talking about what we just talked about. Preparing yourselves to be in the presence of God. Because everything in the world vies for our attention. Everything in the world. I mean, it don't matter. This is why, and I'm not harping on people being late. This is why it's important to prepare yourselves to be on time. Because then you're not frantic and frazzled. You come in with, with, that, with, with that garment of praise and I'm ready to worship you. I know things happen, and I know that. that. That's fine. But prepare ourselves to be in His presence. Are we fully assured? Did you come with that full assurance of faith? Terrence preached a while back on assurance and talking about how I, I know I'm saved. I'm assured I am saved. But Ephesians 3 and 12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him by who? Christ Jesus. So draw near to Him with confidence. Confidence in what? His finished work, that it is done, that something good is about to happen. Not worried about what did happen or what may happen tomorrow, but God, something good is about to happen. Jesus was in the house preaching the Word, and the people came expecting. I want you to hear this. When expectation meets Christ with praise. The miraculous happens. 
and lives are changed. When expectation, I come expecting, meets Christ with praise, Lord, I came expecting and I'm praising you for it. Even if I don't see it, even if I don't know it, I'm believing you for the impossible. Why was he preaching the word? Because the word's powerful. It's powerful. John 15 and 3 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. 1 Timothy 4, 5 says, For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says that for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, piercing, not piercing, piercing, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The word is powerful. It won't just address the surface issues. It goes down deep. Way down into the marrow, even past the, the outer portion of the bone. Why? Because he desires that you be transformed, not conformed. That's Romans 12 and 2. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. His word gets down into the marrow of your body. But not for a lot of folks, because they ain't read it. They're only being fed it on Sundays and Wednesdays. Truth is, in the th this, the truth will divide. When you're desperate to get to Jesus, when you're desperate to worship Jesus, when you're desperate to be in His presence, there ain't nothing going to stop you. Nothing. I'm sure that there's some church folk this morning that decide to stay out and go and crawl under their house and check their foundation. No, they ain't. Brother, I had to check my foundation to make sure it wasn't cracked up. Anything that we can find to make an excuse, we will. We're talking about being in the presence of God Almighty. They peeled by, they didn't just take them on the roof. In that time, roofs were flat. There were stairs that more than likely led up to the roofs on the outside. They didn't just, this man couldn't help himself. We're going to get to the friends part in a moment. But they, they didn't just, they peeled back the roof. Can we, have anybody ever had to tear open a roof other than myself? It ain't fun. It ain't easy. Ron, you were, you were, you were uh, uh, in the fire department, and I'm sure that you guys went through training and peeling back roofs. Wasn't easy, even if you had the proper, t these guys didn't have what they had. I don't know what they were out there with, a rock chisel air. I don't know what they had. But they were determined to get their friend to Jesus because they knew that the healer was in the house. And if we got to carry him up on the roof and we've got to peel it back, I'm sure that the people sitting inside probably heard a little bit of noise talking what in the world was going on up there. Is there some squirrels up there digging around? I don't know what's going on up there. But they peeled back the roof. Mark 5, uh, 5 and 25. The woman with the issue of blood, she pushed pushed her way through the crowd. Twelve years she was had an issue of blood and she determined that Jesus is in the vicinity and I will get to Him. 
I've preached on this before that much of that crowd I feel, much of the crowd that's surrounding Jesus represents the church, that he's all-inclusive and I'm not going to let any outsider get to him. When we should be walking with open arms and say, Let's, instead of trying to protect and, and seclude and hide Jesus, we should be acting as a, as a highway or a beacon pointing to Jesus, saying, come this way, come this way. You know, like on the little kids when they have it. I've never seen this till the kids started playing soccer. And I, what in the world are they doing? The little, what are they called? Something, tunnels? I was like, what is these cats doing? The parents stand there and they put their hands together and the kids run through and they're like, woo, 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 woo. This is, I'm not saying that, you, wouldn't that be crazy if church was like that? If <laughs> Me and Tanner stand there, come to church. Woo, come on in, come on in. But we should be accepting and, and, and desiring and pointing and, and drawing people if we have to Jesus. So she pushed her way through the crowd. We find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, blind Bartimaeus, he kept crying out. They were telling to hush, to be quiet, to stop. But he knew that Jesus was in his presence and he was in the presence of him. I'm not going to stop. Somehow, some way, he's going to hear me. And he kept crying out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. <coughs> we won't stop. No matter, no matter the weather or who is playing a game, no matter how comfortable our bed is, nothing will stop us from worshiping the king when you decide to go for it. You'll face opposition. Man, Monday through, through, through Friday night, our bed really isn't that comfortable. Uh, somehow on Saturday, that sun gun feels like a, a sleep king. Or I don't even know what name the mattresses are. I'll tell you how bad I am with mattresses. Our first mattress we bought, I, <laughs> I'm going to tell you how dumb I am. We were looking, and I was, and I was trying to be the, you know, the, the big tough guy, all 135 pounds of me. And I was like, uh, sir, how much is this Sarita? <laughs> and, uh, he was like, uh, what? So I was like, Serta, it's Serta. I was like, oh, okay, we'll take the Serta. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I don't even, that's just whatever. That has nothing to do with any of this. There's a rabbit trail that, that dead ended, so it, don't worry about it. But, but we'll face opposition when you decide, I'm, I'm going. I, I'm going to follow you. I know We know all about it. We, and I'm not going to go there, but you know, 2007, man, I was like, I'm done, Lord. I will follow you. I mean, that's my theme song that year was not rocky. It was, I have decided to follow Jesus. And then I found myself saying, God, why am I losing my job? Why are we doing, what in the world's going on? We didn't, man, I'm a t the wheels didn't only fall off the wagon. The radio flyer had drugged so far, the whole inside was eat out. It was, man, bad. But we decided, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep following. I'm going I'm to take my lumps, but I'm going to keep praising so, so we'll face opposition. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, your adversary, the devil, 
as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's opportunistic. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. You, you, got, you got the enemy, the devil. We were talking about this yesterday. The devil ain't got no pitchfork and don't have snot running down his face. He's beautiful. He was the most beautiful angel in all of heaven. And deception's his greatest tool. He's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He don't want to caress you, hold you, love. He will to pull you away and divert your faith. And then he's going to sink in to not hurt you, but devour you. And we think, I can handle this. No, you can't. We think, I'm saved now. I can go back into that, that mess. No, you can't. Well, I'm going to go in and pull them from the fire. Well, brother, you ain't, let me tell you, no. No. You're not the only one facing the battle. None of us. No, you're not the only one facing the battle. We all face them, but we're sure of this, that God will see us through. The, the, these friends, they didn't quit. Not only they took them to the house, they carried them up the stairs, they got them on the roof, then they peeled back the roof. They knew by, that the healer was in the house, that I've got to get them. You have to think about it. He wasn't able to climb. He wasn't able to help himself. Because that's most Christian, modern Christians today. Well, if you'll just come. We wouldn't dare bring them. If you, or we wouldn't dare take Jesus to them. If you'll just come to our place of worship. If you'll just, whatever. They, they took him. They were determined to get him. No was not an option. And I believe if someone were to, to cut open the roof today here at Lakeside, I, I think we'd probably notice. I think if somebody were up there with a, with a it's probably about a 5 sixteenths uh, 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 nut on, that, on, that, on the, the washer up there, I think that if we, they were up there with their drill taking those, those screws out, the first we were here to... And then they peel back the roof, and then they're up here cutting a hole in the ceiling right over Jason and Tammy's head, and, and the insulation and dust were falling down. I think they would notice. And I think I would notice. And I'm like, what, what in tarnations is going on in here? But, but Jesus didn't, it, we don't, we don't, he don't say anything about any of that. The, the healing came not uh, just because they showed up. Not just because they peeled back the roof. Not just because they didn't quit. But because Christ recognized their faith. Hello. It's, it's the, your faith is what is rewarded. Not your actions. 
that, 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 that we have to understand that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, whatever that weapon may be. So, so long lines of, of people and traffic and, and arguments and sickness and financial woes, we have to be determined if I can just get to Jesus, if I've got to inch my way, if I've got to peel back the roof, if, whatever it may take, if I can just get to Him, or for our loved ones, whatever it takes, Lord, if You'll just give me the strength, and, and if it's Your will, I know You'll give me the strength and the grace to keep going, to keep encouraging, to keep pushing, to keep prodding, to keep pulling them, because I've got to get them, or get them to You. We've got to be persistent. Matthew 10 and verse 22, Then you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Matthew 24 and 13 says, But he that, that shall endure to the end shall be saved. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endure all things. 2 Timothy 2 and 3, You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endurance. Hebrews 6 and 15, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained a promise. There's always, a, and we've said it, and, 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 and I heard, heard this from Brother Swagger, there's always a, a, a a distance between the possession and the promise, and that, that, that's never uneventful. James 1 and verse 12 says, blessed, or blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them who love him. <laughs> James 5 and verse 11 says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. We're talking about endurance, church. Terrence and I was talking just a little bit about this on the way to South Carolina the other day and talking about when I was younger, I ran distance. I couldn't run sprints, but I could run sprints for a long way. I had endurance. Not so much anymore physically. But whatever the Lord allows is meant for our good. We, we have to endure and not quit. And, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people start, but very few finish. Why? Because a lot of times those brothers and sisters in, in the Lord just walk on right on by. You know, when you have children, sometimes your children trip over nothing, air. And then when you get older, sometimes you just trip over nothing, air. <laughs> but you're walking, you're holding your kids' hands, and, and they just fall. And if you're a great parent, you just drag them. And <laughs> you know, you stop, and you're like, come on, let's get up. And then you walk again. And then sometimes they get so tired of walking. Guess what you do? You pick them up and carry them. And you got them on this hip and you're, you're walking and you're doing all that. Then you switch arms and you're still tired. But you go carry your child till they get enough strength. To, okay, can you walk? And you put them down. I don't want to walk. Okay, I'll carry you. 
But what, why, why are we, Christian believers, brothers and sisters, why are we not like that with other believers? <laughs> See you. <laughs> Hope you catch up one day. This is the church. Because we have to understand there's milk and meat, there are babes in Christ, and then there are those, those mature, the fathers in Christ, if you will. But if the father will never wait on the child then the child will never make it to the young man, much less the father. Because they've been left. They've been left out while you went to the house where Jesus was to get your worship on. And then you'll say, you should have been there. <laughs> well, probably would have been if you, if you wouldn't have left me like eight months ago. And I didn't know which way to turn. So whatever the Lord allows, it's meant for our good. We have to endure and not quit. We have a chance to redeem the time where, where we once had, uh, may have quit. Now we keep pushing, we keep going, we keep starting, or, or just we won't stop. I've, I've used this illustration before, but uh, knowing them, they, 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 I guess he still does, but they, he used to play Call of Duty a lot. And I, man, I, I tried, and there's too many buttons on the remote. And I never could complete a mission. And I was like, Pfft. And I'm going to be honest, I've broken a few controllers. <laughs> on total accident, they flew out of my hand fastly across the room. But they, he would complete it because he would keep starting over and keep going. And learn where this or that was, and, and he would finish it. And we, as a, as Christians, sometimes when we fall, we think it's over. Can I tell you this morning? I don't know why I'm saying this, but your failure does not mean that you're a failure. So we, we have to look at what the friends did for their friend. We have to look at what they did. You're, you're in a packed house, wall-to-wall -wall people trying to listen to Jesus. Then all of a sudden you hear a noise. You see the roof open, a man being lowered down. This just keeps getting better. I mean, this is like, this is like, wow. Can you, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a vivid person. I'm a vivid imagination. So it's, I can see this. I'd be like, now today we'd be like, <laughs> oh, man, you ain't going to believe it. <laughs> but this was going on, and, and again, many people today would be mad. They would try to stop. They would be offended. I can't believe you're coming to Jesus. But we should be, praise God. Look who just come through the roof. You're in the right place. Because the healer's here. Don't worry, we got insurance. We'll take care of that. Until they have to pay out and they cancel and we'll have to get another one. But Jesus didn't say, what are you doing? You're interrupting my little social meeting here. Hello, you need to wait a minute. Could, could the ushers please get this person and take them outside because they, they weren't welcome. Oh, no, 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 no. He stopped. 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, your sins be forgiven you. Jesus understood there was more than a physical ailment that needed addressing that day. He said, Son, your sins be forgiven you. See, we want to bring people that are sick and lame and got messed up physical conditions. But listen, God knows the heart. We should be taking our family to Jesus in prayer. He'll address the sin. He'll address the issue. It is not man's position, nor do they have the authority to dress, address moral issues in people's lives. That is Christ that changes those. Yes, we address moral issues. Don't get me wrong, but I can't change those for you. Because when you've grown up in, 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 in like the way that I did, it was the list of do's and don'ts. But I, we were never told why you didn't. Because I said so. The whole grandma taught it, we bought it stuff. That, that's just how it went. All right. Whatever. We were talking about this yesterday. If it's raining outside and the sun's shining, the devil's beating his wife. I don't know where that come from. <laughs> but we believe it. I mean, I don't believe that, but I'm just saying. That's just the whole thing, you know. But we, we take that to the, to the church aspect and, well, they just said so. Well, Lord, why? Can you change me, Lord? So, so notice that the first thing addressed again was the physical, or not the physical, but the spiritual, his sin. You can go to heaven paralyzed. You can go to heaven missing limbs, blind, deaf, cancer. You can have jacked up teeth. You don't have to have gold teeth. But you will not go to heaven without Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Brother, you can't say that. That's awful difficult to hear. Well, I'm telling you, I'm sorry, but that's God's Word. And that's what God's Word says. Jesus said, Nicodemus talking to him, well, how could a man be born again? But he goes on to tell him that I am the way. He goes on to say in his Word that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because Nicodemus was thinking I had to be born of, with, again, how can I go back into my mother's womb? But he was talking about being born of spirit and water. Not being that's not not being baptized in water. <coughs> so so the friends had enough faith to recognize that our friend needs a physical touch, but more importantly, he needs a spiritual touch. He needs the Savior in his life. He needs them. He needs Jesus. I want the singers and musicians to come. I know my, my, my uh, English is not proper. That's okay. Your father is not either. But I so desire that today be a day when you leave and you can tell people, <laughs> Melissa, you can call Danny out there in California. You can call your mom and dad. Say, <laughs> I, can't, I can't really explain this, but I ain't never seen it like this before. I've never seen him move in this fashion. See, they were amazed that Christ not only, because the religious folks, they don't, they don't like to see that. You're messing, you're messing up our schedule. You're messing up my time clock. Butcher's boys, the line's low right now. If you don't hurry up, I'm going to wait. I'm going to have to wait longer. We don't like that kind of thing because we want God to fit in our time frame and we want him to do it when we want him to do it. These religious folks were mad because Christ was 
telling him his sins be forgiven. But Jesus took it a step further. And he said, is it hard for me to say that his sins are forgiven or to tell him to take up his bed and walk? Not only have I forgiven his sins, have I addressed the most important issue and I addressed it first. Now I'm going to talk directly to the man with palsy that couldn't get up and walk. And I'm going to tell him, son, now that your heart is changed, take up that pity and that misery that you laid on your entire life. Pick it up and move. Walk. Because that's not you anymore. I don't know what you're facing today. But I can tell you, if you'll pick up that mat and walk, if you'll trust Him, if you'll desire all that He has, and if you'll come truly lay it at His feet. You don't have to give it. He'll take it from you. You'll call somebody today and say, I, I ain't never seen a move in this fashion. I don't know what you desire in your life, but I can promise you this, He desires you. Stand in this place this morning. If there's a need, come. Whatever it may be, come and experience Him today. Experience Him in a way you never have.
worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. I want to tell you, and I'm addressing specifically Lakeside Church, that we won't stop. I've said it over and over and over, well, not over and over, but a few times. The Lord has dropped in my spirit at the beginning of all of this stuff that Noah built the ark anyway. We won't stop. What? We won't stop making an opportunity for people to come to Jesus. Nor will we stop taking Jesus to people. He's worthy of it all. I want you to remember Melanie in your prayer. I don't know what, uh, something that went on this morning. And uh, just lift her up. The Lord knows what's going on. And, uh, pray for wisdom for whatever may be going on that uh, the Lord would touch and move and intervene in that situation. I want to encourage you to be here tonight, be ministering out of the book of Hebrews and uh, addressing the issue, or if you will, of not settling, not staying in the same place. Because if you'll notice in life and if you moved, and I know you guys just moved recently, you realize how much stuff you accumulate. <laughs> this is what happens when we, spiritually speaking, if we don't move, we begin to accumulate junk. I mean, we think it's good because I'm going to use this again. And then, why, then you end up with 14 Christmas tree stands. But come tonight, we'll be addressing that. Uh, Encourage somebody, bring somebody, bring your roof pillow tools if you have to. But uh, I, I'm expecting the Lord to continue to move and do great and marvelous things. Keep everyone in your prayer. Remember, call and encourage somebody. We love you guys and we will see you tonight. Be blessed.